Welcome to the Truth Simply Put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word, rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in. If we have a father who can do what he knows is his obligation to do and he withholds it from us until we believe that he... Imagine your dad not paying your school fees until you believe that he can pay it. That would be quite something. Your father has it. He knows you need it. He knows it's time. He says, nah, you 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 don't have enough faith to warrant me releasing your fees. I know you need it, but you're going to have to let me know that you know that I, I can do it. If you ever had that kind of conversation with your father, you'll, be, you'll, you'll feel so terrible if, if life ever allowed it to happen. So again, what is faith? And whatever it is, we have already seen from scripture that God is the author of it. We established on Sunday that faith begins with God. And that should explain a lot of things already. It begins with God. Faith does not originate from any man. No man can generate faith. How do we receive faith? It's transmitted to us, remember? Faith by hearing. Romans 10, 17. Hearing by the word of God. So how do you receive faith? By sitting on the teaching of the word. That's how we receive faith. When Jesus said to them in Mark 4, um, maybe we should start there. I, 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 Holy Spirit, I, I like you guys to just pay attention to God's word, yeah? Remember the guy is speaking for himself? Yeah? Just pay attention. Don't be in a hurry to read scripture. There's so much we miss. Mark 4, 35. On that same day, on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, he being Jesus, Please, what did Jesus say to them? Two things happen here. Jesus, the word, Logos, said, Erema, what did he release? Let us cross over to the other side. Tipity. You see the danger of picking one verse and making doctrine out of it. Later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. It just expands it a little bit more. The Logos released the word. Remember it is the revealed word released that does stuff. And he says, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. The message. Later that day, he's, late that day he said to them, let's go across to the other side. Now whatever follows in this text, in this story, in this narrative, is premised on this word. Let's go over. To the other side. 36. New King James. And when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already feeling. And by implication, the other boats that were with him. It wasn't one boat. Did you see it in 37? This storm affected every boat on the lake. And those boats were actually on the lake because they followed the word of Jesus that said, let's cross over to the other side. 
So the boat was already filling, the boat that Jesus himself was in. Yeah, 38. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? That's the first time we hear them responding to what Jesus said in the story. That's the first time they are speaking back. And what they're saying is, go stay into 38. We're perishing. Doesn't it matter to you that we're perishing? A storm is badgering us. And you are sleeping on a pillow. Like he was sleeping comfortably. The first thing they say is, carest thou not, King James says, that we perish? Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. 40. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now we teach on this verse. Stay in King James, verse 40. We have preached from this verse that they did not believe. How is it that you have no faith? 41, on the last verse I need. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. What happens in this verse is that they took for granted Jesus' conviction of himself. Who is he that the wind and the waves obey him? They didn't expect that they should obey Jesus. Why was Jesus asleep? Because the rema he released was we are crossing over to the other side. As soon as Jesus said it, they were at the other side. Because the conviction of Jesus is if I have said we are crossing to the other side, then we are on the other side waiting to happen. So faith here is not these guys believing that they could cross to the other side. The person that said it was sleeping. He wasn't sleeping out of negligence. He was sleeping out of conviction. He didn't need to stay awake and work the word any further. Are you following me now? He didn't need to work the word any further. He didn't need to fast and pray and stand. You know how them Viking ships... You know, you just stand there at the very stern. You know, this, you know you're know, you like, yeah, just looking at the waves and, you know, you're watching and seeing how it's going and trying to take findings and stuff. No, the guy went to sleep because he had released the word. And the word was, let's cross over to the other side. So it didn't matter what happened in the crossing. They were going to end up on the other side. What was lack of faith here? The man had spoken. So let's cross. It wasn't, you didn't believe we could cross. You have little faith. You mean you couldn't, you couldn't join your faith. Other people say, link your faith with mine. The more faith we have, the more it can happen or the quicker. But Jesus had said, we're crossing over to the other side. And he had gone to sleep. What was the first thing they said? Wake up, wake up, Joe. Can't be sleeping when we're perishing. What was, what, was the, what was faith that was absent there? The lack of understanding of the persuasion of this Jesus. He has said, we are crossing. So you know what? So you too sleep. Faith is not you working at that point. It's not you believing. It's not you acting out persuasion. It's not you sowing seed into what you are trusting God for. So God can't do it for you until you show him that you're expecting a million. Here's my best 100,000. My Isaac, who sent you? 
I have to give my Isaac. God refused it. Don't let any harm come upon that boy. I prepared a ram for the sacrifice. God refused it. Because your Isaac was not a worthy sacrifice. Only a blameless lamb can be slain. God must take your Isaac. He must take what is in your hand. Faith is God's conviction about himself and your awareness or your consciousness of his conviction. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We only have a faith problem if God... yes, we only have a faith problem if God hasn't said. But if we are believers, the entire thing about believing is premised on the fact that he said. So all I have to do really is hold on to what he said. That's all. It's not me generating persuasion, generating conviction. I have to see God as a healer. I don't have to see him as a healer. I just have to understand that he said he's a healer. Whether I've seen him as that or not. When it's healing time, he's going to be healer. Because he introduced himself, as we saw in scripture, as the Lord that heals thee. Was it Exodus 15? The Lord that heals you. So we have people running around and telling them to have faith that is premised upon their own psyche. You know, if you believe God hard enough, so God wants to do something for you, which he has already done in Christ Jesus, if we believe what he said. If we believe what he said. And then he's looking at you like, nah, your faith's not enough. Come on, you can do it, believe some more. Come on, grow your faith. Come on, don't be such a bad sport. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to give you, but... You need to ginger me with your faith. Show me how badly you want it. Pray. Fast. Give. Join us a department in church. Be faithful to your tithe. Do you know what it's sounding like? Try harder. Your God is on a journey. Or maybe your God is asleep. This is the best you can do. Is this the be- your God is not hearing you yet. Increase the volume of your noise. And maybe he'll hear you. And we totally throw out the scripture that says when you pray, do not be like the heathen who think that by their endless babbling, they will be heard. You can say, okay, yeah, eh, what part is preaching? It's Paul that preached it. Paul is a human being. Okay, I hear you. Uh, it's Peter that preached it. Okay. Jesus and God. Matthew 7, no? Matthew 6, actually. 6 and 7. Matthew 6, 7. And when you pray, when you pray, see Jesus says, tippity. There's no need to repeat empty phrases. Praying like those who don't know God, for they expect God to hear them because of their many words. Oh, pray louder. Fervently. Defectual fervent prayer. The righteous availeth much. Pray. Pray. Open your mouth. Declare it. Claim it. I receive. 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 Vain repetition. Now. Now. Take it. Now. Take it. Now. Take it. Now. 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 Take it. Now. Take it. Ah, that's what they can pray. Oh, and, and you can't hashtag this path says, Jesus says. 
Jesus said. So that's how you are fervent in prayer. You are ignorant. That's how you are fervent in prayer is ignorance. Jesus stood to raise a dead man. He apologized to God that he's praying to him before raising the man. John 11. He stood there and he said, you know, I thank you Lord that you always hear me. But even now that I'm even talking to you, I'm only saying it so that these ones here can believe. In other words, if not for these ones who do not believe, I'm not even supposed to be even talking to you now. I'll just raise this man. I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this. Why did Jesus pray to God in this instance? Matthew 6, 7. Put it back up in the message. The world is full. This is your Bible. It's full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice. Peddling techniques. Peddling techniques. Prescriptions. Wake up at 2 a.m. That's when the devil is very, very strong, very active. That's when the witches know when to fly. You see, the way I'm looking at it, you know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of Christians in court that have developed a dream interpretation encyclopedia. There is a whole library that exists in Christianity for how to interpret dreams that the scriptures are silent on. When you see a dog, this is what it means. When you see a bat, this is what it means. When you see an owl, this is what it means. If you see yourself surrounded by plenty pool, people shout all around you. You know, shout the pastors of shit. Yeah. People shout all around you. This is what it means. If you are swimming in a river, you cannot reach the shore. This is what it means. Peddling techniques. You ate in the dream is a problem. In real life, you didn't see food to eat. You know, eating your dream is still a problem. It's still a problem. He will say, oh, I ate in the dream. Yeah, go for me. No, see. If you didn't get dessert in your dream, go back to sleep. Yeah. Let them serve the dessert. Ask for a cocktail, a chapman, a margarita or something. Wash it down nicely. Ask for exotic nuts, not ground nuts. Ground nuts for poor people. Yeah. Ask for walnuts, you know what I'm saying, or something. Wash it down nicely. Ask them to massage your feet and your back because eating is a lot of work. Then you can wake up. So before we pray for you, we give you a questionnaire to fill. 40 questions. 50 questions. Have you broken up with somebody before? Was you that broke up with her? Was it her that broke up with you? Is there a history of breakup in your family? I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. How many people in your family have not finished degrees when they started? How many miscarriages occur in your family? Do they occur between this age or between that age? Because somehow God cannot give you medication until he does diagnosis. If you give wrong diagnosis, God cannot help you. 
He'll give you typhoid prescription when his malaria that is doing it. And it's all omniscience. Sorry, omniscience. So we have a bunch of people crying day and night to a father who is more willing and more favorably disposed to them than what they expect to receive of him. There's nothing you want God to do that God doesn't desire to do for you more than you want him to do it. As long as it is in his will. As long as it is in his will, he's desirous of doing it. So what am I doing? I'm finding his desire and latching onto it. Let's cross over to the other side. I'm in the same boat as Jesus. It's me that's supposed to be sleeping. It's me that's supposed to be sleeping if I took his word seriously. The only reason Jesus slept in the boat was to teach you how to behave in a storm. You're supposed to be the one sleeping. So what was the lack of faith there in, in, in 41? The lack of consciousness that this guy said, let us cross. So the way that this thing ends is that we are on the other side. Literally. The end of this matter is where we're going to be on the other side because he said so. So faith is your consciousness of what he said. Because he doesn't speak without backing it up. Like we saw in Isaiah, so shall my word be. That proceeds from my mouth, it will not return to me void, but will accomplish that for which I sent it. He sent forth his word and it healed them. I will be clean. Your sins are forgiven you. You are already clean because of what I've spoken over you. Faith begins with God. So we saw in, in 2 Timothy that he's faithful, right? He's full of faith. So faith is your consciousness of God's imputed knowledge of what he believes about himself in Christ Jesus concerning you. And it is your subscription to the same. We took time on Sunday to establish what it means to be in Christ. That's another very provocative statement. That God is nothing. God is useless. God is without substance and power outside Christ. Because he gave, he pleased the Father. That's in the Son. We saw in Colossians. The fullness of God will dwell. So you come to God now to help you. God says, I can't. How, how did he even get here? Why We're not even supposed to be having a conversation because Jesus, Jesus is the way. I can't help you. The Father has reposed all authority in the Son. So the Son is... Do you not understand Isaiah 9, 6 a little bit better? Unto us a child is born, a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God everlasting father the son everlasting father so you can argue all you want Jesus is God Jesus Christ is God oh his name is not Jesus he was Lausius and then they now they now anglicized it and then they latinized it and then he now came to G you're not supposed to change the translation of the person's name your name is your name in any language which itself is a very flawed assertion very flawed because your name is Imo, which is wealth. 
and then your name is wealth, which is immoral. Same difference. Same difference. So if she wants to answer her name, her name what it means in 19 languages, it's a problem. His name is Leosios in the Greek, and then he went to Latin. He now finally landed in Jesus. Jesus is not Yehoshua, which is Joshua. Well, they just call him Joshua. Just call him Joshua Christ. Because Joshua is Yehoshua. And it means salvation. I said, you can keep the pronunciation. We'll keep the name. Yeah. Then because praying in the name doesn't mean in Jesus' name we pray. Yeah. What, what is that? What's that? It's not in the verbalization of a name. Whereby God highly exalted Jesus Christ and gave him the name. That at the name, not at the mention, it's not in your Bible. At the name, or no matters, the authority in, not the pronunciation. So are you saying, are you saying, so because the implication would be that if you prayed to the Father, and you don't, in Jesus' name, he has not heard you. But you can say in Jesus' name 15 times. Far, in Jesus' name, the. You know, do you understand? Because you can't even say Father straight without putting in Jesus' name. So, Far, in Jesus' name, the. I, in Jesus' name, thank, in Jesus' name, you. Today, in Jesus' matchless name. Makes no difference. Because we paint Jesus to be this jumpy spirit that as, as, as soon as he hears Jesus, he says, wait, who, who's calling me? 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 What can I do for you? Jesus. I've said over and over in this place, we have a bunch of people whose theology is heavily influenced by films. And church drama, those church drama they used to do. 95% of Christians will not recognize Satan in the soul. Yes, you will not. You fall in love with him. You give him a ride. You will kiss him and hug him. You will strike up a friendship with him. You will so adore the very idea of Satan. He is so fine, he puts Jesus to shame. Because yes, it was written of Jesus in Isaiah that he was not the kind of person that people would like to hang with. You will not recognize him if he struck you in the face. Come to you and say, I am Satan. You're like, oh, please, come on. Come off it. <laughs> come off it. Like, you are Satan. Then I'm the most high. You look so pretty, you can't hurt a fly. You're well-mannered, well-cultured, properly presented. Nicely articulated, manicured, pedicured, everything in the right place, saying all the right words, and you, Satan, oh, please, come off it. You know that kind of bedazzled level of Satan? Beautiful Satan. Disguised as an angel of light, your Bible says. First person to be called Morningstar. You're looking, because if he came with two horns and a big tail and a three-pronged frog, hey, even the blind will say, ah, come on. I come against you, Satan. I see you. I'm not unaware of your devices. <laughs> Melody. You will just instantly know. That's why some of you have not, still not been able to hear the voice of God. 
Because you're expecting to hear Coco Basi. Coco Basi. Coco Basi. I am the Lord. I change not. So that you will know I am the Lord. Mene, mene. So there's all this conditioning in our heads. And that's why it's dangerous to let culture influence your faith. Very difficult. You know, you will hear a lizard falls from the wall to the ground. If you ask your neighbor, she you lock the door when you come to The boy like proof and call. You lock up a bit. Shh, move here again. Talk, you know, talk now. Put your foot for silent. Put your foot for silent. Of the music now. No, yet I hear. <laughs> Meanwhile, halfway across the world, somebody will grab a baseball bat and say, Who's there? Who's, who goes there? Yes, Is anybody there? They're coming out to look, investigate what they hear. He'll be like, I see or there. It's crazy. You heard a voice. It's sort of hiding. You are coming out to say, who is there? Is anybody there? Eh, I have a bat. Is anybody there? He'll be like, see, Mumu. Because they're not programmed to live in fear of intimidation. You, on the other hand, everything and everyone is after you. So that's, if that sort of person looks at the faith from the lens of their reality and you look at the faith from the lens of your reality, we have a problem. Both of them would be wrong. Both of them would be wrong. He speaks for himself. So it's in, it's in Christ. It's our conviction and that conviction doesn't have to make sense to you. Let's cross over to this and how are we going to do it? Check all the examples of faith, apparent faithlessness in the, in, the, in, the, in the Gospels. And you see that it was simply a case of people not subscribing to the fact that if Jesus said it, it's done. It was not a case of Jesus hoping they would believe he could do what he wanted to do. Are you hearing me now? It wasn't a case of that. It was a case of him saying something and them not subscribing to what he said. Um, five, at least 20,000 people, 5,000 men, besides women and children. John 5. And he says, feed them. They've been here for three days. They haven't eaten. <laughs> Even if you had 200 denarii's worth of bread. When Jesus said, feed them, here's what happened. In the reality of divinity, those guys were fed. The feeding had taken place. It was because the feeding had taken place at the instance of the word of Jesus that it so happened that somebody had five loaves of bread and two fish. So five loaves of bread and two fish were only present to catalyze a completed word. 
if that boy wasn't in that crusade, everybody there would have been fed. The catalyst would have just shifted. At, at least if we had nothing else, at least we know if we had nothing else in that crusade, we had 12 baskets. Somehow there were baskets on the crusade ground. If those baskets had to be the food, Because the baskets were not brought in expectation that they would be left over. So, so we can safely assume that those 12 baskets had other job descriptions in that crusade. Come on now. Those, those baskets came maybe bringing clothes, maybe fabrics, maybe they came doing something. Nobody woke up from the house and go, you know what, carry a basket, we'll have to pack some leftover food today. Are you with me now? Yeah. So if we had nothing else, at least we know we have baskets. And if we could turn water to wine, we could have turned baskets to bread. Nothing would, the word does not return to him void as a given. That's, it, will, it will not change. It was because the people were considered or reckoned fed that there was five loaves on two bread. It was because these people were considered or reckoned righteous that Jesus came to them. And we would have been saved one way or another because Jesus did not plan to die. You saw that a few weeks ago. So if Jesus had prayed himself out of the will of the Father, I would have been saved somehow. I don't know how, and frankly right now, I don't care how. But I know that there's no way you'd have kept God stranded. And salvation becomes an unfinished project. When he started salvation before he started creation. It's actually salvation that necessitated creation. I've taught you that before. Over and over. The creation narrative came in to give light or to flesh out this redemption narrative. So I've, I've said feed them. The desire or the will of Jesus at that point was for the people to be fed. They would have been fed because in his will they were fed. Does that make sense? So, if you look at the narrative all the time, what's the common denominator? He spoke, they wished it not, King James. They didn't perceive what he said. It wasn't that the people didn't believe God could do it. God is not waiting for you to believe that he's God, for him to be God. Then he's, 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 I, I told you, don't write this word in exam. His Godability is not or would be predicated on how much of a God you believe he is. And he becomes a very conditional, multiple polar God. Does that make sense? Because if I don't believe he's God, then he's not God. Then we don't need a God. Who thrives off of the energy of people that believe he is. He has major ego issues. And that's how we prompt God. Or that's how we praise God, you know. We praise God. Hey, God. You know, because when your praises go up, 
nipples come down. If the breast blessings stay down, <laughs> and then if the praises stay down, the blessings stay up. Because somehow you have been deluded to believe that blessing is coming from up. There shall be showers of blessing. Where are you seated? Where are you seated? That you're looking for blessing to come from up. Up where? Up where? When you're up, up in Jesus, where are you up, up in him too? When you are sat together. Praises go up, the blessings come down. Praises stay down, blessings stay up. You know what? Stay up. I don't need such a stupid blessing. Stay up. We'll be okay down here. Oh, we'll be okay. Tower of Babel proved that there's how humanity can be. They'll be okay. <laughs> They'll be okay. Now we're praising, praising, praising. The louder your amen. So much jargon in Christianity. Absence of faith was the absence of people to recognize or to be conscious of a word that was released. So Jesus says in, in, in the narrative of the 5,000 being fed, 5,000 men, he said he knew in, him, in himself what he would do. So it wasn't even the hunger of the crowd that, that moved Jesus to feed them. Let's look for it, John 6. Actually, right there in, in, in verse 1. John 6 and 1. After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were deceased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Who said to Philip? Not Philip saying to Jesus. Jesus. It was totally Jesus' idea. And even then, Jesus said it in a very, very indictful, provocative manner. Philip, where are we going to get bread to feed all these people? So it wasn't even the disciples' idea. It was Jesus' idea. And Jesus' idea actually wasn't to buy bread. It was to feed the people. Stay in the verse. Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Next verse. But this he, Jesus, said to test him, Philip. For he, Jesus, capital H, himself, himself, needing nobody else, needing no five loaves, no two fish, no Philip, needing, he knew himself. You miss this verse, you miss everything. Tippity. Now Jesus already knew what he was about to do, but he said this to stretch Philip's faith. The message. He said this to stretch. What's the tippity? Was the tippity stretch faith as well? Okay. He said this to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew what he was going to do. Again, rendering this as though Philip needed to believe what Jesus was going to do. But that's not right. Not right. If Jesus was going to do what he was going to do, of what use was the stretching of Philip's faith? Because it wasn't Philip's faith that was going to sponsor what Jesus was about to do.
He knew what he was going to do. So what he was going to do did not need Philip's faith. So, correctly rendered would have been, he said this to juggle or to establish Philip's consciousness. Philip's awareness of what Jesus is about to and able to do. Because Philip did not need to believe. You can't tell me that those people would not have been fed because one disciple didn't believe Jesus could feed them. say that well I guess that's it for today honey y'all ain't gotten no bread cause man them Philip over here in our faith in our belief so off y'all go shoot 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 come on go on when y'all go overnight as you're traveling back to your Respective destinations. Join your faith. One with another. Perhaps tomorrow your faith shall have passed mustard seed. And I'll come to that in, in, in a short while this evening if the Lord allows me to. If you have faith, again have echo. Faith as a mustard seed. If you take a little, just have, take possession of. If you collect what I'm saying, just small. If you just, if you, if you just receive a, a little of this re- released word, if you just, if you out loud, just not if you generate and believe even small. No, 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 no. Have if you have, if you have faith as small as the mustard seed. If all I'm saying to you, if you receive it, just a, a fraction of what I'm releasing, you receive it. Nothing is impossible to him. Not if you generate ginger of believing that I can do it. I already know I want to do it. He knew in himself what he would do. Nobody informed him. Nobody prayed to him in the crowd and said, Master, we hunger. Nobody prayed to him in the crowd. First of all, nobody in the crowd was born again. Not even Philip. So we have a problem with the faith you are talking about when we are dealing with a bunch of unbelievers. That's really a problem. Because there was no cross for you to believe. So who would have prayed? The Seraphonician woman whose child was troubled. And she came and she said, help my child. And Jesus said, come on, it's not, it's not worthy to take the food of children and give to dogs. She said, I agree. I'm a dog. If you, but the way you are, even if you treat me the way you would treat a dog, I'm, I'm sorted. Now you would have gotten offended and left church. How dare he call me a dog? A pastor is talking and he called my name. He looked at me and said, I didn't go to nursery school. He said, he said, he said, he said I cannot pronounce rising stars. I said, I, I called it Resistance. I'm, I'm done. I'm gone. Oh, there he correct me. And then he tell me off. I can't do that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Man can walk in the room. What happened? Can you imagine? Jesus. That man, that carpenter, that, that carpenter, that did our wardrobe last year. Wardrobe self is bending. 
Now, now come and say to me that I cannot carry the bread of, of children and give to dog. A me. Me dog. She said yes. But there's something about you that um, even if the dog eats the crumbs from the master's table, that dog is okay. I'm not about to take my eyes off you because you are saying that you didn't come for me. No, you are God enough. And then Jesus said he didn't see such faith in all Israel. He wasn't saying I didn't see somebody who believed so much. No, no, there were people who, the guys who had four friends tore somebody's roof. That's how you say. So if you're talking determination, there were people that were determined. They were determined people. But Simeon has been blind from birth on the road to Jericho. He's hearing. So what's, what's all this noise? Say, ah, Jesus is passing. Ah, Jesus today. Gone to Hala. Peter trust him with his short temper. My friend, keep quiet. You're disturbing the master. Say, but he shouted even the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. People were determined. And yet it was not recorded to them of faith. It wasn't recorded to them of faith. But somebody understood that if you say something, it's done. I said to one, go, he goes. I said to one, come, he comes. I understand the way that the spoken word works. Sir, with all due respect, you don't need to come to my house. With all due respect, sir. You don't need to come to my house. Your word can go to my house. I understand that this is a word game. I understand it. Because in my human uh, circle, I understand how words work. So when you play that word game, my servant is fine. Jesus said that nobody has ever been so persuaded of my ability. Not nobody has been so persuaded of their expectation. Because if faith is your expectation, then there's nothing peculiar. Everybody has expectations. But not everybody is conscious of the capacity of the person who they're expecting to deliver. Does that make sense? Faith is always about God. Pull up Bethsaida or Bethesda. Somebody is there 38 years. An angel comes. See, first of all, it's an insult to the cross for anybody to preach that we are here to stir the waters of the pool. See, because you're in trouble. If you're going to Bethesda, it's only once a year that one person gets healed. So if you see them do a program and they say, Bethsaida hour. Don't go because if there's a pool and there's an angel, sir, it is one person that enters first that will receive whatever for that year. Wait until next year's Bethesda convention. Bethesda can never be the reality of a believer in Christ. Never. Never. It's like casting lots. Gambling. Play this year. It didn't work. Okay. And if you, know, if you check your faith, that's why they give you all these themes for the year and the month. The first half, by June, first half has finished. See, ah, in this second half of the year, what God did not do in the first half, he will do. I have to pray harder. You now enter third quarter, right? Gingery! You come to August, it's switching to ember month. Now change it. We're now in December. See, his name will now change to God of the last hour. Yes? Which is, you know, we change. God of the, because somehow we have to keep you going 
until the year finishes and the calendar changes. He will do it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Weeping men, endure. But joy cometh in the morning. 31st night. Any promise God gave you for this year will not carry you over into next year. He's a God of a 24-hour miracle. By 1st of January, all of us have forgotten what we are believing God for. Because God has given us a fresh believing for this year. So we start the whole gamut again. Start running, following God out of expectation. He didn't send you. There's nobody sat in this room who is born again, who is saved, that can tell me you expected to be saved. Some of you here don't even know the exact day you were saved. That's what you don't, if you want to celebrate anniversary, you don't really know. Because you had like 19 different altar calls. Then eventually you received persuasion. That my sins are forgiven. It's not expectation. It's his ability. In his will. To do. Each time lack of faith was recorded. It was the people that were not conscious. Of what he had said. Each time something happened. It happened because people were conscious. Of what he had said. Or what. What he says can do. Either they believed. Or were conscious of what he had said. Or what, what he's about to say can do. That's what happens in John 2 with Mary. In the wedding of Cana at Galilee. Yes, sir. And as she comes and says, Jesus, my son. People have no wine. The response of Jesus is, again, a mother will be disrespected. Yeah. Especially an African, African mother. I go to my mother and I say, woman, what's your business with me? We are going straight to where I carried you for nine months. We are going to remind you how terrible your, your, your conception was. Your birth. And Jesus looks at his mother and says, Woman, what is my business with you? What do I have to do with you? Discerning woman. She goes to the side. Calls the disciples. So you see this boy. Let me tell you something. Joe is not his father. <laughs> and before you think anything, no human being is his father. Even me, I cannot explain how I got pregnant for him. One angel appeared. Don't angel appear to me. Angel keeps also appearing to Joe, telling Joe, don't divorce him. Go from here. Come back. We have no hand in this boy. How can a 10-year-old boy disappear in Jerusalem on pilgrimage for three days? We now see him schooling the teachers of the law at 10. Growing in wisdom and stature. Doing incredible things. The other day I saw him bring a dog or a cat back to life. I saw him drop that lizard up and because Jesus is an extraordinary child. I know this Jesus. So he's going to speak any moment now. Whatever he says to you, do it. John 2, 5. Ever he says, 
So Mary knew that the Logos is pregnant with a word. And, and he has said he has nothing to do with me, but he always has something to do with his word. He's about to say something. Whatever he says, do it. She sets the stage for manifestation. In verse 6, he says that there are six water pots standing by. John, John 2, 6. According to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. A gallon is between 4 and 5 liters for one gallon. So you're looking at 30, let's say 25, because it's a 20 or 30. So let's say 25 times 4 or 5. That's about 100 liters each water pot. Seven. First two words. No, first two words. Go back to verse five. Verse seven. Jesus said. So Mary knew if Jesus will fix this thing, he will say. Now whatever he says, do it. So whose persuasion of Jesus' ability sponsored this miracle? Mary's. Disciples just obeyed instruction. Mary's instruction. Not Jesus. Because if Mary hadn't gone ahead, they would have said, what are we filling these pots of water for? And this is not water that is for drinking. It's water that they fetch at the entrance of a house or a dwelling to wash the feet of guests. It's not what you drink from. They would have questioned the rationale behind that. They would have tried to establish the sense in it or behind it. What caused that to come about? The word. Somebody's persuasion about the word. Not somebody believing that he can give wine. Mary didn't even come and say, give them wine. He said, the people have no wine. There's a difference. The people have no wine. It's the same way that Abraham did not ever ask God for a child. On the contrary, Abraham asked God, what will you give me since I'm childless? There in your Bible. But again, we have let people preach what we think they saw based on what lens they're reading from. But he never ever said, will you give me a child? He said, what will you give me since I, I go childless and the heir of my house or one who stands to inherit me is Eliezer of Damascus, born a slave in my house. It was God that then said, oh, hold up. And then the plan of all of this, they say, child for you, but let me show you something. Let me show you what that child for you is actually showing you. That's faith. Your awareness of God's conviction. Shall we continue? Have faith. I dealt with that before we close last Sunday. Echo. Take possession of. Right? We saw that in Mark 4. This evening we saw that in Mark 11. It doesn't mean generate faith. It means when Jesus was speaking, he was transmitting faith to them. So he told them, take faith as I'm speaking. So when he said, don't you have faith? What he was saying was, haven't you been hearing what I've been saying to you? Because I don't, I don't speak to you so that you will have faith. The speaking to you is the transmission of faith. That's why I said the proof of a word received is that you're applying it. So Jesus is not speaking to us so that we will have faith. Faith comes by hearing of faith, by hearing. Romans 10, 17. So if you are sat under a hearing, you are undergoing an injection of faith. 
Do you understand? Every time you attune yourself to the hearing of God's word, what is entering into you is faith. This is how an unbeliever believes. Because you could not have received salvation by your senses. The carnal mind, Paul says, cannot comprehend the things of God because they are spiritually discerned. So your human mind and brain could not have showed you the logic of salvation. To wise people, it's foolishness. So how does the unbeliever believe? At the hearing of God's word, faith is transmitted. If you are sat under the influence of God's word, you are sat in an atmosphere of God's faith. That's why the teaching of God's word is important. That's why the receiving of God's word is important. That's why I said, because you despise God's word, you, you lost an opportunity to practice God's faith, to receive God's faith. Because faith is by hearing. And hearing is by the word of God. If you're not hearing the word of God, you're not hearing. Whatever you are hearing, you are deaf. Because the word of God is how you hear. Hearing by the word of God. Everything you hear on the earth must be as by the word of God. In other words, if the word of God is not what is the final authority concerning that thing, I hear it. I hear it. Word consciousness. I hear it. Oh, this is the prognosis. This is the diagnosis. And the religion will teach you falsely. Whose report shall you believe? It's not in scripture. I dealt with it last year. What was the title? What's your news? Yes, what's your news? Was it two parts or one? I think it was two parts. What's your news? But the scripture actually says, who has believed our report? Not whose report shall we believe? Well, the report casters. We are the ones that have the report. We're not the one you are trying to sell a report. We're the one carrying the report. I hope it's on port, but I think it is. What's your news? One and two. Who has believed our report? Not whose report do you believe? We're not the ones trying to believe somebody's report. We're the ones carrying the report. And they hoping to believe our report. It's not you sitting as a believer and say, oh, whose report do you believe? No, sir, I'm the newscaster. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the one on the other end of the TV. I'm the one in the TV. I have the news. I have the real news. It should be you hoping to believe my news. Not me hoping whose report shall I believe. Scripture doesn't say that. So you sit under the teaching of God's word. And that's why I have a problem with people who's, who come to church. And you hear the word and it doesn't fix anything. Each time you sit under the teaching of God's word, faith is transmitted. Each time. There's no time. Faith, because it's God's faith. Each time. So how we hear is by the word. Outside the word, we're not hearing. If we're engaging in politics, it's as by the word. As by the word. Somebody says, oh, a long time, you know, a long time ago, there was this, there was this um, um, insinuation that honey is one thing you can never have too much of. Yeah? How many of you have heard that? It's the one thing you can never eat too much of. And many times I would tell them it's wrong. Even recently I told Esther, right? Esther, we're talking to honey. Yes. 
And I said to her, do you realize that scriptures have always taught thousands of years ago that too much honey is bad for you? So I never took it seriously. Oh, honey is the one thing you can eat as much as you like. Not says Proverbs 25, 16. We have TPT in this, in this book. So it says, when you discover something sweet, don't overindulge and eat more than you need for excess in anything can make you sick of even a good thing. Same 25, 27, making dreams. It is not good to eat too much honey. So to seek one's own glory is not glory. So how do I treat honey? By the word. Hearing by the word. How do I treat prayer? By the word. This is the confidence we have. 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence we have. In him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. In accordance to his will, he hears us. Then he says in verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, not and if he hears us, in other words, if we have asked what we have asked, in accordance to his will, he heard. We don't need thunder. Are you hearing me? We don't need lightning. We don't need fire. Hear me. Which, look at this. Look at me for this one. We don't need release. How do you know? I prayed until I felt. Careful what you are releasing. I felt a release. Oh God of release. Release what? The, 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 the prayer point answered. He prayed. You should not saw angels. Just open the door. Release you. No. Scripture doesn't teach release. Where did we get it from? That it is such a dogma in Christianity. Pray to feel a release. Where do you see it? If we ask in accordance to his will, he hears. I've said over and over, God speaks loudest in the silence. If we ask in accordance with his will, in other words, all you're interested in is does the Lord will this? If I find what he wills and lay hold of what he wills, I have it. Why do I have it? Because it is what he wills to do. It's not what I'm trying to make him do. It's what I have discovered he is willing to do. So I leave what I am willing to do. And line up with what he is willing to do. And therefore I have it. Simple. So how do we handle prayer? By the word. And if we know he hears, we have. So our having is not in his hearing. Our having is in our knowing of his hearing. So I've said to you over and over, at the end of the day, you're the one that answers your prayer. Please put it up, 1 John 5.15. Oh God, didn't answer my prayer. Stop, stop lying to against God. Stop it. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have. 
You will only get to the degree that you know. Oh no, but we don't need you to know. Just believe that the man of God, his one faith, will add to your zeros to make big faith. Just, you know, believe the Lord shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and he shall prosper. So you don't need to know anything. Just believe that I know it and sow it on my life and look after me. Wash my clothes, buy me cars, appreciate me every month or every year. And um, trust that I will always see over you. Once I see over you, you are fine. You don't need to know the word of God. What do you need the word of God for? That's a bother. What do you need long service for? No, I pray in the closet for long. I come out here charged and I release over you. And that's where the church is. So a lot of people are not grounded, not skilled in the word of righteousness. Have no clue who they are in Christ. Because somebody has convinced them it's okay to not know. Leave the knowing to me. And so we have different colors of that shirt. Faith comes by hearing. Faith by hearing. Can we proceed? And hearing what? The word. Who is the word? In the beginning, John 1, right? Was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Things we have heard, tasted, handled, touched with our own hands concerning the word of life. First John 1 John 1.1 Which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands of handle concerning the word of life too. The life was manifested, we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. So what was manifested to us? That, that no, not eternal life. That eternal life that was with the Father. That, that one, that one. <laughs> Do you understand? The one that we're saved by. This, Do you understand? That one that was with the Father is now manifested in us. As the word of life, that's what we have handled and touched and tasted. Eta- that eternal life is the word of life. That one. Not, it's not one of, of subpar quality. Do you understand? <laughs> we don't receive a life like God. We receive the life of God. That one. That one. That's the word of life. The word of life is how eternal life came to us. From God. That's how faith comes. That's how we look unto the author and the finisher of our faith, right? Hebrews 12, 2. Yes. Looking unto Jesus, the author. Let me see how the, how the TPT puts this. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us. Can you see that? He said faith begins with God. That's how we said faith is not something you can generate by yourself. Just like peace. And very soon, just like love. Let me try and speed this up. So faith is us being conscious of his faith. Can we say that together everybody? Faith is us being conscious of his faith. One more time. Because you see, faith by hearing doesn't necessarily mean faith by paths hearing. You have to, your, your, your mind, you have to hear you speak the word. You must hear the word in your voice. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and in all wisdom. Don't take it lightly. Don't. Don't take it lightly. So if you don't disposition yourself from a word, it won't help you. You see very shortly in Hebrews 4 about how those in, in the children of Israel who in the wilderness, who when they received the word, it didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith. And it tells you, don't be like them. <laughs> faith is us being conscious of his faith. Just like righteousness is us being conscious of his righteousness. Just like rest is us being conscious of his rest. Just like peace is us being conscious of his peace. Just like willingness is us being conscious of his willingness. The only thing you bring to the table, therefore, is consciousness. That's all. Consciousness. When we say we have faith, what we're saying is we have consciousness of God's faith. We understand what God wills to do. And we find confidence in that. Does that make sense? Faith is us being conscious of God's faith. Why is it important to be conscious of God's faith? Because God only operates on the basis of his faith. God will only do what God has said he will do. That's what it means for God to be faithful. So if God has said that as many as believe me shall not perish but have everlasting life and I believe, so I've rested in the fact that God has said if I believe, I have everlasting life. So it's not, it's not me believing I have everlasting life. As much as it is me understanding or believing or being conscious of the fact that God has said if I believe, I have everlasting life. So my everlasting life is in that God said I have it. Not in that I feel I have it. I don't have to feel I have it. I don't have to see it. I don't have to sense it. I just have to be conscious that the person who said it can do it. So really the question is, did the person who said it, or does the person who said it have the ability to do it? That's the only question that exists in the faith value chain. In the faith value chain, the only question is that the person that said it, can he do it? That's all. That's all. Once you establish for yourself that the person that said it can do it, you have it. What he said he will do, what he said he will do, he will do it all. He cannot lie. What he said he will do. What he said he will do. He will do it all. He can not lie. By two immutable things. That it is not probable, impossible. In other words, God could not lie if he tried. If he tried. Careful when you say what God cannot do does not exist. He cannot lie to save his throne. He can't lie to save his neck. It is impossible for God to lie. If he set out to lie, it will be true. Just like he set out to be foolish and is wise. 
cannot lie. So the variable is always with man. The variable is always with man. He cannot lie. He cannot lie. He cannot lie. So the variable is us. And that's why we cannot underestimate the place of understanding faith. We can't. He's always been conscious of what he has said. Conscious of God's estimation about himself. Himself. Someone like Dangote or Adenuga gives you a check for a million dollars. And it's a Friday and he says, take this to the bank on Monday. Everything I need to order, I will order it on Friday. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You start spending money. Because, see, you have money. It's because you have the money that on Monday you will have the money. Do you understand? So with God, hope is as good as it gets. Hope. 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 It's as good as it gets. Because you can take that hope to the bank. So you will never find Alexander Victor any day of his life, regardless of what happens to him, doubting his salvation or his eternal security. Because it is that eternal life, that one. <laughs> that one which was from the beginning. That one that was with the Father. That one I received. That one. And the only thing in the way of me and it is this body of flesh. So even to die now is already to receive, to enter this assurance. I've entered it. That's why we don't mourn over our dead as those without a hope. On the contrary, they have escaped a lot of life's troubles. Escaped. So for me, it's a hope. Why? Because faithful is he. Faithful. Full of faith. Don't let English define a Bible word for you. We're talking with Debbie the other day at the end of pastor's meeting on Sunday, right? Sunday. Merciful means what? Wonderful means what? Faithful means what? Don't let English remix it to reliable, consistent, somebody that continues at what he does and he doesn't waver to left or right. The consistency is consistency. Faith is faith. Somebody can be faithlessly consistent. The root word in the original language defines the meaning of a word. It says God is faithful. It ends up in pistine, which is from pistis. Which is from Petho, which is the persuasion of God about Himself. English cannot define a scripture word. So when it says God is faithful, it means God is full of faith. So we, we, we water it down when we look at it from a point of view of consistency. Like God is trying to not stop at what He had said He would do. No, no, God's word is His ability to do. So when it says God is faithful, it means as God has uttered, as God has thought it, so has he uttered. As he has uttered, so has he happened. As it has happened, so will it happen. 
as God has thought it, so has he uttered it. As he has uttered it, so has it happened. As it has happened, so will it. Because it is the entire universe running to catch up to his word. It's not the other way around. It's not God trying to salvage a problem. Or you know what you want to mean? Get you out of something. No. It is everything coming together for the good of them that love God or are the loved of God. The call according to his purpose. That's faith. He's always been conscious of his faith. He operates only on the basis of faith, not on the basis of consistency in that sense. Like, okay, still, because if you say, okay, don't lose your faith, you're saying, don't waver at what you're doing. But don't lose your faith. Is don't take your eyes off God's persuasion of himself. If he has said it, that's what Peter did and sank. He lost faith. Which is to say, he lost consciousness of the word that said, come on the water. Not that Peter lost his sense of his ability to walk on water. Peter had no ability to walk on water. What are you saying? Peter had no ability to walk on water even when he was actually walking on water. I know ability. So when he lost faith, he lost consciousness of God's faith that was sponsoring the impossible. Because what he was doing was impossible. He knew it. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Whose faith? Because you must believe that he is. That's God's faith. Because who said that he is? It's not you that said he is. I showed you that on Sunday. Scripture after scripture. I am God Almighty. I am the Lord God. I am. I am. Who says he is? How do we know he is? He said it. Now without faith it is impossible to please God. In other words, if you are going to come to God, you must understand and, and accept the fact that he is. Which is what faith is. His estimation of himself. It's impossible to please God. This is why the just lives by faith. The life of the believer, the life of the righteous man, is as sponsored by his subscription to God's estimation about himself. 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 is himself. He's the author. And all through you see that the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2. The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4. Are you guys back on or should I keep going? Habakkuk 2.4. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him but the just shall live by his faith you walk out the he's by yourself Romans 1, 17. 16. I need verse 17, but give me verse 16. Romans 1, 16. Same thing. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek, 17. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, quoting Habakkuk 2. The just shall live. Conversely, the, the just shall die without faith. 
Consequently, they cannot be said to be just without faith. Galatians 3. Galatians 3, 11. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for Hebrews 10, 38. Now, the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. What will draw him back then be? If the just live by faith and is God's faith. Drawing back would be to disrespect God's faith or God's estimation of himself. And my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Why? Because without faith, Does that make sense now? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If the just lives by faith and he draws back, draws back is not backsliding. It is being averse or being opposed or not being conscious or disrespecting God's estimation of himself. Because God will only deal with you on the basis of who he is. I am the Lord. I do not change. Remember Malachi? That's why the sons of Jacob are not consumed. Now without your subscription... To how God sees himself. You can't please him. In other words, you can't please him based on how you see him. You please him based on you being conscious of how he sees himself. You follow me now? People wanted to call down fire from God, from heaven, to consume people that disrespected Jesus. It wasn't them that were disrespected. They were actually doing Jesus a favor by calling down fire in Luke 9 to consume people that insulted you. How dare you insult the master? Master Jesus. Passing through your city. You should be, you should be privileged. You should be grateful that he decided to pass your small Samaritan village. Instead, you are mocking him. Jesus, leave this to us. Elijah taught us. This is... This is Small prayers. Elijah taught us we can call down fire for Jesus. They meant well for Jesus. They were good intentioned for Jesus, but they were wrong. So faith is not how you feel about God. It's your understanding of what God makes of himself. Everything about our existence as believers is sustained by what God says of himself. Because he's the only one that can tell us who he really is. There's a major problem if we're just hanging somewhere and believing that somewhere in the matrix of the universe, somewhere in the abstract of life, somewhere there's a supreme being. We have a problem. But it is this person that introduces himself and says, I am. And so my settling is on the, base, on the basis of the fact that he says in his word that he is who he is. That's faith. And that's what, de- that's what determines our Christ walk. Everything about our Christ walk is hinged on who he says he is. It's who he says he is, faith, that now enables his grace to work for us. This is the mechanism by which grace saves you. By grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It, that's that faith, is the gift of God. 
What is that faith? God's estimation of himself. Man is lost and shattered, battered, tattered, but I love them. I see them as righteous. And because I see them as righteous, I say they are righteous. Because I say they are righteous, they have become righteous. Because they have become righteous. Jesus, go get them righteous. And then the grace of God appears to men. Sponsored by what? God's faith. Does that make sense? So all the calculation was done by God. Alone. Alone. And because he believes in himself so much that he can save us, he goes ahead and starts to save us as he has believed. Now we don't believe because we were sinners while he believed. In that while we were yet sinners, Romans 5, 8, right? Christ died for the ungodly. So did we believe when he believed? Could it then be our believing that saved us? We didn't even have what it took to believe. You who were dead in your trespasses, has he quickened? You were dead. So who believed you into salvation? God. God. Because you were dead. You didn't have what it took to believe. He quickened you. And as you are hearing the gospel of what he has already done because of what he thought, as you are hearing it, what is coming into you? The gift of Faith, which is what? God's reckoning of what he has done in him, of himself. And then all of a sudden, you come into the realization of who God is. That's not when God became it. God has always been it. The transmission of faith quickens you to acknowledge who he is and instantly then see who you are in him. That's faith. You go, yes, I'm not a sinner. No, my sins are forgiven. That's a light bulb moment. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. So you mean right now that I'm not going to hell? You mean right now if I just believe, I'm saved. I have eternal life. I I believe. So you mean right now I'm a child of God? Absolutely. All that happening is the quickening of faith. God's faith. Gifted to you at the hearing of his word. That's how an unbeliever believes. That's why I've said that you cannot equate faith equals Christ. Christ equals faith. It'd be too broad a generalization. Because faith operates in in an unbeliever before they believe. Faith doesn't come to you by believing. Faith comes to you for believing. (laughs) Did you hear what I said? Faith doesn't come to you by believing. Faith comes to you for believing. Faith given to you is how you believe. You don't believe to have faith. You are given faith to believe. Because faith, I emphasize again, is God's estimation of himself. How God sees himself. Why will you be moved if you have not seen what God sees? Why would you see the need or why would you see yourself as inadequate 
if you haven't seen how gracious God is. Because you see, at the time that you are an unbeliever, the only person that knows he's gracious is God. You, you are dead. In your sin. How can you who are dead see life? How do you need to come out of death to see life? If you can come out of death by yourself, then you don't need whatever I'm giving you. So what I then do, since I'm the only one that knows what I'm worth, I then implant in you the energy for you to see what I'm worth. Then it instantly highlights how worthless you are outside me and then opens you up to receive me. So for salvation, faith is the advanced party that God sends into the believer ahead of himself. You know advanced party? You know the outriders that, that ride with the governor's convoy? Those, once you see them coming and shutting off junctions, you know that the governor or the president is on his way. They are called outriders or dispatch riders, but they are properly known as outriders all over the world, right? If the American president were coming to Nigeria, there's a plane that lands before Air Force One lands. The C-140 is a large, is a, this, this whole building can fit into a C-140. It's a large plane. So by the time the U.S. president is, is arriving, there is a U.S. standard reception waiting for him. Are you following me now? Because an advance party has gone ahead. So the U.S. president doesn't land worrying what kind of welcome he will receive. He creates his welcome. So when he lands, he's not hoping if he will be received in a good car. That's an advance party. Are you with me so far? So how does God assure himself that you will receive him when he comes? How does he assure himself that when he lands there's room for him? He makes room. He sends you a small gift called faith. As soon as you received faith, you became conscious. You received sense. By the time God sends the, the understanding of who he is into you, you cannot not be saved. That is the faith that comes into you as the gift. Of God, So God sends faith into you ahead of himself. Faith arrives ahead of himself. So what faith begins to do is establish for you. Hey, God, forgiver of sins. God, justifier of the ungodly. God, giver of eternal life. That eternal life. God, the lover of our souls. God, healer of our bodies. God, making us like Christ. God, changing us to heaven by bringing heaven to us. God, going on the cross to take what was yours so you can have what was his. God, God, I believe. I mean, who sees this kind of might and not believe? So faith doesn't come to you by believing. Faith comes to you for believing. Faith is what enables you to believe. 
Faith is what enables you to believe. It's how God works with us. So Christ is faith, but not exactly accurate. Faith is a deposit of God that introduces himself to you. You understand? A deposit of God that introduces himself to you. Faith walked in you before you believed. It cannot be that Christ was in you before you believed. Do you understand that now? The C-140 lands with all the things that contain the American presidents, but he's not there. Until he comes, he's not come. So faith is the gift of God. Tomorrow we'll pick up on expressions of faith. Saving faith. Living faith. The gift of faith. Faith as doctrine. Look at them tomorrow. One after the other. Then we'll see how we are justified by faith. And then we'll be done. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I that lives, Galatians 2.20, but Christ that lives in me and the life I now live. Somebody say now, live. In the flesh, King James says, I live by the faith, King James. The faith. The faith of the Son of God. The faith that Christ has. is how I live. The just lives by faith. Not the just faith. The faith of the Son of God. Who is God. I don't determine how I believe God. God determines how I believe Him. When He finished determining it, He injected it into me. So all I need to do is be conscious of what I was given. Do you understand? It's when they tell you that they injected you chloroquine. That your body starts to itch. And once you start, temperating will do nothing to you. I'm speaking from experience. Who has chloroquine ministered to like it has to? My God. But we can give you chloroquine and don't tell you and you're fine. What triggers it? Consciousness. Consciousness. The moment you are aware, it infl- your whole body responds to the sound of your consciousness. Once we show you God, the way God has introduced himself, all of you will respond to God the way God introduced himself. You will never be able to be hoodwinked another day in your life. Never. That's why we teach. So now you know that you have faith as a gift of God. It's God's thing. God put it in you. So you can see him for who he is. So start to see him from his lens. Start to see your needs from his lens. Start to see his will from his lens. And just begin to enjoy it. And forgive yourself for fighting and backing up the wrong tree. All these years. And settle in his will for you. He knows the thoughts he has concerning you. Thoughts of God. Not of evil. To give you an expected end. Who's expected end? He's. Because he's the one that knows. I live by the faith of the Son of God. He has introduced himself to me. In an interface I can engage with. Praise God forevermore. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your faith. That we have in abundance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Has it been a good evening? 
people. Please give God praise in here tonight. Well, that's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasileacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at thebasileacommission.org or find us on social media with the handles at the truth simply put or at while the church. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on plus two three four seven zero triple eight one double eight six four. Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.